This year is brought to you by Eshel Publications. Eshel Publications is a non-profit organization dedicated to spreading the Torah, Shiurim, and Sefarim of Rabbi Aaron Lapiansky. For sponsorships or more information, visit eshelpublications.com. Okay, so we're holding here in Pashas Masse. Um, it's uh, page 895, or uh, it's going on the Pasik of Eil Masse Yisrael. So the Sfarnus says, he, he, he writes in every single one where they went from and where they went to. There's really no point of it. It's like if I said, they should say, I went to here, to here, to here, I, I would connect the dots myself. So he says, um, sometimes the place they were leaving was terrible and they went to a better place. Sometimes they were leaving a, a great place to a terrible place. And the, the idea of just dropping everything and moving on, you know, on, on a turn is a very difficult. In other words, the Torah is trying to sharpen our sense of um, how difficult it was. They had to leave a place, go to a place, leave a place, go to a place, and the whole thing from the leaving a place to going to a place that might be worse to the to the packing up to the unpacking, all of those were difficult, and this uh, all of it is a shvach Okay, the next one is Ramban, a very famous Ramban that many people build a shita, their shita on as far as Eretz Yisrael. It says, You need to clear out Eretz Yisrael and settle it. So Ramban says, This is a mitzvah essay. There's a tzivui to to settle at Israel and to <coughs> conquer it, and they should not sort of give up or despair from um, And if they decide to conquer a different land, let's say they decide that Switzerland would make a much better place, so. To, if, um, if they would do that, Yavrel mitzvah Hashem. Umashe fliger of a sinimus is issue at so shows as menu, via duna kimered as he should not as a bala at his so, vrena ish, becanis vinus azu. Chazal have a whole series of agarita telling you how wonderful Sylvester saw how terrible it is to leave. It all comes from here. Um, Rashi learns it's a condition. If if you conquer the land, you'll be able to settle it. So first of all, this is quite one of the very few Rishonim, maybe the only one, who A, actually says it is a mitzvah to live in Eretz Yisrael. Now, l- let's try to explain this a little bit. Nobody debates that living in Eretz Yisrael is wonderful. Um, there's, there's a, a, the Gemara the Ksubis goes through all the milers of living in Eretz Yisrael, the Rambam and so on. Um, there's, there's no one that is, d- debates that. 
However, the mitzvah of living at Israel um, doesn't, the Ram doesn't bring it as an essay. It's, it's um, when, when Akash Bokhov said, Aboisai, Alu Saretz, go um, now, conquer, there was an obligation that was, uh, I don't know, it was temporary, but at the time, it's like every nevuah that Akash Bokhu gave to Navi, it, it was do it now. Does it become one of the Taik mitzvahs? Is it Nagea when Eretz Yisrael, once we left it, so once we were thrown, Akash Bokhu threw us out of Eretz Yisrael? So now what? Um, so, so is there an Indian to live in Eretz Yisrael? Of course. No, no debate. Is there an obligation to live in Eretz Yisrael? Um, is it is it kiyum of a mitzvah? The Ramban is, is quite unique in it. Um, you know, the the the, um, the other thing one hears always is that it's so it's so important that it doesn't even have to be a mitzvah. Kind of far fetched a bit. Avodah is quite important, and and it has to be <laughs> repeated a dozen times that it's aser. Um, you know, in learning Torah, all, all, I mean, it's hard to say that, it's hard to say that about Israel, but I'll call upon him, um, this Ramban is quite famous, and it's, uh, and in some circles, this Ramban is used as the cornerstone for the obligation of living at Israel and so on. Okay, um, the, the, um, there is also, by the way, he says over here something about not being mo'es benachos Hashem, um, that a person should not um, look for other places better or nicer. Um, that's also very interesting. Uh, I, I know that the Israel were makbid not to make comparisons between, you know, to, to say that's much nicer here, much nicer there. It also falls under Velayimasu. That's definitely something a person can do. Okay. Next is Ramban also that describes <coughs> the, 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 it, it describes Kalal Yisrael straying Tavodizara and the Goyim's conquest of them as going hand in hand. Um, it's the Sikha Ben Enechem. It says, If you don't conquer them, if you don't get rid of them, those that will be left over, the Sikha Ben Enechem will be thorns in your eyes, thorns in your sides. And they will um, begin to um, they'll war with you on the land. So the, the so he brings the Ramban brings Rashi, and the Sikkim is um, pins that that will um, stab your eyes and so on. And so on. So he says Sikkim means sharp thorns. Next paragraph. So what does it mean? It says they will be seeking There be thorns in your eyes and uh, sharp uh, and sharp thorns in your sides. What are those two things? So Ramban explains. The eyes are the organ that give a person direction, that that tell a person where you should go, where you shouldn't go. So these, um, so he says, they will mislead you. You won't see, you won't understand. They 
they're going to mislead you, lead you astray. You won't understand what's right. They'll teach you to worship for the Zark. Once they mislead you, then you will become thorns in your side. So, um, the Ramban explains that the Pasuk is warning us that the reason to conquer all of the nations and to rid us of the other nations is first and foremost because they will mislead us. <clears throat> they will lead us astray. And then um, we are going to, then they'll turn against us. And it's been a sort of, uh, this has been a template for history. Um, we become enamored with certain umas. We begin to imitate them. We begin to let astray. And then they turn around against us and so on. Um, needless to say, Russia, uh, Germany, uh, needless to say, communist Russia, and so on. But in Israel, so, so the reason to get rid of the of the other nation Israel is first and foremost for Ruchnius, and the Gashmis follows behind. Okay, <coughs> next is as far about why Eretz Israel is divided by Goral. <laughs> Um, did not need Sichon and, and Og did not need Goral. So Goral is a higher madrega, and that was that was Yuchid um, Israel. I want to explain this a little bit. Let's let's talk about what Goral is. <coughs> there are three ways in which we could possibly divide the land. One is rational calculation. We sit down with a map of Eretz Israel. We look at the needs of the Shvatim. We say, hmm, Zvulan are business people. They number. X amount of uh, 50,000 people. Um, so I guess we'll give you the Haifa Bay plus this, this, and this, and this, and so on. And next, and so on. That's one way to do it, using Seichel. Um, the other extreme would be a Nevoa. Kashbrach would get up, and Kashbrach would say, okay, Binyamin, you'd get here, you would get here, Shemin gets there, and that's that. And then we have Goral. Let's explain the difference between the, all three of them and why Goral is Mirotar Yisrael. A rational process is totally a this-world process. We look around, we, we, we see the needs, we use a, a physical mind to, to, to um, match up the people with their needs and so on and so forth. That's totally a this-world, and any place that's in a very, very low madrega, that's appropriate. So the, just like typically we do anything in this world, we do it with with a, a, a rational process. 
that's very part of the material world, and that makes a lot of sense. <coughs> the other extreme is <coughs> a totally, um, a, a totally supernatural process. Hashem from above says, "Okay, you get this, you get this, you get this." It has no shaykhs to this world. Goral is fascinating. Goral is part of those um, phenomena that lay at the nexus of um, of of uh, the supernatural and the natural. So, for instance, let, let's give an example. Imagine I win a lottery. So that um, that is natural. You know, one person out of 100 million wins. I won it, and that's that. Let's say I start winning every week the lottery. Now, um, that could be either an incredibly natural process because I've stolen something, or I've cheated somewhere, or I've bribed somebody. Okay. But if not, well, I can't call it supernatural. It's not supernatural in the, in the, in the phenomenon itself. It's the same thing. I bought a ticket. Ticket's very physical. The dollar I paid for it is very physical. The drawing is very physical, and somebody's got to win. But the coincidence of it, the, 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 the sort of math behind it, it, it becomes something that just um, forces us to see it supernatural. Uh, the same thing is true about um, the world around us. When we see, it, we, we can see, look at like a scientist, like a pure scientist, look at it and see a physical world with its own mechanism and so on and so forth. And that's, and we keep, and that's sort of the evolutionary scientist where they keep trying to find Mine Obey. But you explain one process, another, another process. But the idea that millions of pieces had to click together to become something. <coughs> so we don't have today miracles in the supernatural form. Um, there are no Kriyasi Amsufs. But on the other hand, um, and if you look at anything with a microscope or a telescope, <coughs> It's perfectly physical. So a, a human cell is a physical entity that works by itself. It's got everything and it works. But but how did all those pieces get together? So the the, the, the most important and significant um, perspective is Dafk over there. Because that's where a physical... And, and somebody who's totally in physical world, and he is... Uh, whatever language you want to use. A person who's totally supernatural has no shachas to this world. So yes, there's, there's God, and God is bigger and stronger this world, but and God hasn't come into this world when he goes Kriyas Yamsuf. He's overstepped this world. But when things happen within the context, and so on and so forth, when nature seems to play along, that's, the, that's really where the, the, the focal point of Avodah Hashem is. It cries on the midbar was supernatural. They didn't. It wasn't natural. The man and the, and the be'er and all that stuff. So they were told where to be. Reuven said here, Shimon said there, Levi said there. Um, it, that that doesn't connect to this world, and it wasn't meant to connect to this world. Etzisrael is a multidimensional entity. It's physical, and it's got many. It's, it's got all the properties of physical being, but it works with different set of laws. The lottery ticket winning is not dictated by statistics. So, Goral is the most appropriate way of yashing at Yisrael, is that we, um, we, we yes, it's, it's, we, we cast a physical lot, but on the other hand, we are um, doing
doing something that is above and beyond. Uh, it, it's, it's clearly the pattern, so to speak, is clearly beyond this world. There's a very fascinating, once we're talking about Goral, there's a fascinating Rabbeinu Bechaya in Pinchas, in Pasha's Pinchas, in last week's Pasha, um, where it says, that it's not to be divided by Goro. He, he says a very interesting point. He says, Goro is a very, very effective mechanism because it avoids machlokas. And the truth is, in halacha, you have it also like that. You know, when you have two people that are equal chiyuvim and kadeshim, you go by Goro. When, when, when things come to a draw, you cast a lot. And it's a fascinating psychology. Why? People are okay with God bettering them. They have a hard time with another person bettering them. So if I come with you, Yoni, to the Torah, and you present your argument stronger than me and you win, so I resent it because you bettered me, and there's no way in the world that I'm, gonna, I'm happy with that. But let's say they throw a goal and a voice comes out and Hashem says, you should get it. So then I say, okay, Hashem wants it that way. I, I, I don't argue with Hashem. It's easier. Halachli also, you're not mashkin chatos. When a person has an obligation to Hashem to, to bring carb, whatever it is, you don't need to enforce it because a person will live up to his promise. When you promise somebody else you'll pay him, that, those are the type of promises that are a little bit difficult to keep. And a lot of it has to do with me and the other person. There's a, a, um, there's a story of Chaim Briska, his, his grandson, I think, um, Rabbi Yashabert tells over. I don't remember if he was the one that was involved, or maybe. Um, I, I don't. I don't remember already. He was father, but it was it was a personal story. There was a butcher who came with a shayla and with his animal, and the dying. It probably was not Reb Chaim. He trafed it, and it was a very very big expense. The person took it in stride and said, if it's safe, that's this, and didn't sell it, and was fine with it. A few months later, they came to Abhaim Briska for the entire the butcher with somebody else. This person lost. He was furious at Abhaim, stalked out, and wouldn't have, and wouldn't talk to Abhaim, and zel. Um, Erev Yom Kippur, Abhaim told, it could have been his son, Moshe, I don't remember if, if who was the one that went with him, but he said, you know, I'm not Mechuyiv Alpidin to be Mephias' person, but it's Erevian Kippur, let's be Mephias' him. You know what? Let's do the Fimish as he did. Chaim goes with whoever was to this person's house and to the butcher's house, the butcher knocks on the door, but says, yeah, what do you want? He said, you know, you had it in Torah, and you're very upset, I'd like to Mephias' you. I'd like to ask Mechila. So the butcher said, Mechila Shmila Rebbe, I want the money back. So, he was very shocked of it. And yes, I don't understand it. The person lost a lot more money when you trafed up the animal. And he took it in stride. Why is this so? So, Rebchani said, because when I trafed up the animal, nobody else won. Here, somebody else won. What bothers him is not the money, really. It's that Yankel was the tzaddik and he was the Russia, quote-unquote. He, he was the bad guy. He, he was wrong. Okay, Uncle, let's see the next piece. The next piece is a chinuch about Ari Mikla. So, Levim got 48 cities. 
Some of them were specifically dedicated for Miklat. But in all of them, um, the, the, if he ran away to any one of any one of the Arulavia, he had Miklat. And he'll, the Chinuch will later describe halachically what the difference in these cities and these cities. But upon him, Arulavia, the Etzim, are Ari Miklat. Sherish mitzvah yiduhu. Why? Ki shevet levi mifra ashvatim. V'nochon l'avadi says Hashem. V'einor chelak imisor b'nachlas sadasukram. Shevet levi is the mufra of the shvatim. He's totally dedicated to avodas Hashem. Does not have a chelak in the fields and so on. Avul orim etzikon l'makol pana shevet bem uvnei tevetam chol chayosim. They have to live someplace. So yes, they were dedicated, but you've got to have a, a, a home to come to. Because they were of such quality, such stature, So the first, the first thing he says is that um, the reason why the Aralavia were Miklot, Be'etzim, is because um, they were Kaddish, and they, the Levim were special people, very, very elevated people, and hopefully the Rotzeach B'Shogig will um, become better because of Hashpah, one. Two, and then he says another incredible uh, point. Because they are people of tremendous Midas and Chachma, they will not hate the Rotseach and they won't touch him. And even if the person killed was one of their relatives, because they understand it was done this is an incredible passage. He says, I need to be able to trust the Levium. Most people are going to be kind of very, very vigilante. Hey, this guy's a murderer. So they should kill him. He said the Levium were people who had a lot of... The Midas and the Das was such they wouldn't do it. And he brings a proof to it. And it's incredible. The proof is that the Levim were ready to kill their parents by the Chet HaEgel. In other words, the same Midah that allowed them to, to, to kill a person who deserves to be killed, even if it's a relative, allowed them to save a person who doesn't deserve to be killed, even if it's somebody who caused them such a painful loss. So, 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 if we ask ourselves, what is <coughs> the greatest meter? The Rambam says, the Rambam says that um, the, the the mitzvah of alachta bedrachov is first and foremost that everything we do, every expression of emotion, be dictated by the seichel, not come from the emotion. That's the ultimate of the So, so that a person, that a person emote what is right, is by far, far greater 
than a person who has fine emotions, but they're coming without that. Um, and and it's something if I can, if if I can, uh, I guess uh, go off a second uh, on tangent. I mean, one of the most one of the things that that's that is my mind so terrible when you have blogs and people emote and i mean i i i'm i sometimes amazed at it somebody posts some sort of thing and people say they should kill them they should this they should that, that, that. first of all the idea that you don't know anything about an event and you couldn't have an opinion about it and secondly you just you know it, it just raw emotions um in, and uh, I don't say something. Since when are people are supposed to be from, and people who are supposed to have learned how to deliberate and think through something, um, shoot from the hip, emotions. It's mobs. That that's the worst. The, the the populism is when you speak to emotion and don't let people use seichel. Um, and 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 Amashem who, who and people who learn Torah should have learned. To, to to have used seichel and das before they they, they they express an emotion, and it's not it just doesn't seem to be there, and people will will they will love somebody who who, who riles up the emotions and bypasses seichel and das, and uh, you know the, the the idea that that people mock people who think first, and then express emotions it, it's so hefech teira so hefech kedusha. The worst comes out. There's no good emotion that that is good if it doesn't come from seichel and das. And people will be destructive. Um, you know, it, it, it's it's you know, it, 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 whatever it is across the board, doing things like that. Vafilo avat. There's a there's a chazanish writes a letter, and to me it's a paradigm of the opposite of of what we talked about. Um, some kanoi mishlaim wanted him to join some sort of demonstration against some whatever it is. And the Chaznesh wrote him a letter and he writes, it's printed in the third Chalik, the the emotions of anyone who is God-fearing um is is, is resonates with your emotions and and you know and have tremendous empathy for it. But being that I'm a person who learned Torah through so much difficulty in Yisurim, I've learned to weigh everything with the seichel before I act, and it falls short on the seichel part, and I cannot join you. Um, and this is something the kedushas levium is not because they're very very emotionally holy; it's because their seichel and their das is such that they can control their emotions in both directions under the most difficult of circumstances. Okay, hold it in.